Hello, my geeselings. I've decided to do a second take of this introduction because I should be more committed to actually producing good content that I, than I apparently have been so far. A few orders of business. One, going forward, even though I've already got a couple recorded, I think I'm going to be doing less of these food-related episodes just because they are not doing as well on... Uh, audio or video on YouTube. So, and in, and, in the, and in the words of my father, they're a bit more dilutive of the other content with philosophers, etc. So I'm going to be moving them to my uh, Robinson Eats channel on YouTube, where every morning I'm streaming on YouTube and Twitch more actively as I continue my ice cream explorations. Another order of business is I have continued to be working on the audio. I know how important it is since this is largely an audio medium, but I'm also committed to allowing Pins, the little Cornish Rex, to sit on my lap whenever she wants to. So I've been exploring with some different mic, mic uh, stand uh, adjustments, and hopefully going forward things will be better than they have been. So this episode is with Dr. Ezekiel Quitnerstrom. We have a three-course Trader Joe's frozen food meal together, and it was far better than I had expected. The only real substantive thing we discuss is at the beginning we talk about our respective standardized testing scores because Zeke got a perfect score on the MCAT, which only a handful of people get every year, and it's a really difficult test. So... It is a major achievement and something that people all across the country are trying to get. So I thought it would be worthwhile talking about that. And less impressively, I got a perfect score on the qualitative portion of the GRE and one point off on the quantitative portion of the GRE. So it's less impressive. The test is, I'm sure, a lot easier than the MCAT, but it's still... I mean, the 99th percentile and helps me get into a place like Stanford. So I am sure that, uh, well, I know that there are plenty of people paying for test preps and trying to get good scores on that test. So I have some thoughts on how somebody might go about doing it myself. We talk about that before going into the food, which is much more interesting to me. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Back with fan favorite Ezekiel Zeke Quitnerstrom, who uh, noted my beautiful Stanford mom hat as soon as I turned on the the mic. How are you doing? I'm doing doing well, <laughs> well enough. Okay, well I I got Zeke this microphone because he's a fan favorite, at least of mine. And I want to have him on more, so I want his audio to be good. And today we have a, a Trader Joe's <laughs> themed podcast. But first, I think I, I think that we should start with some valuable information. Okay. And if you are a resident. Uh, you have you're a medical doctor now. You have your MD degree. Medical yep. school is extremely difficult to get into. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't know. What is the... Actually, first, tell me what you're drinking. Uh, this is a beer I got from Trader Joe's. It's a like a Belgian triple. Uh, what's it called? It's called Ohm Gang. It's Can you bad. grab the bottle? Sure. The Three Philosophers. Actually, just for you, Robinson. Oh, it's called the Three, the Three Philosophers. Okay, yeah. nice. How is it? It's it's all right. Actually, it's a quad, not a triple. What does that even mean? Uh, like a quadruple ale. I don't. But what does that mean? It's okay. just a method. Okay. Of anyway. <laughs> Back to the the valuable information. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is it like. Less than one percent of people get into Harvard Medical School. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look at the statistics for more recent like application cycles, but but it's it's something like that, and it's like it, less than two percent, less than three percent. It's something along those lines. They're yeah, about and like, it's not like yeah. Okay. Go on. Well, it's not like you're competing against <clears throat> the general population when you're applying to medical school. You're competing against college graduates who have been working really hard to get into medical school. So it's the field is also just very difficult, right. but you are one of, I don't know. I know uh, you want to be modest about it. I get it, but you're, you're one of a few people, maybe one person in any given year who got maybe a handful, the perfect score on the MCAT, which is like <laughs> uh, congratulations. That's amazing. Thanks. It was the uh, pinnacle of my my educational career. It's all been downhill from there. Yeah. So, <laughs> how did you get a perfect score on the MCAT? Because I mean, that's what everybody. That's like everybody's dream. That's applying yeah. to med school. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, could you tell me what the MCAT is, like? What is tested on this? Yeah. So it, it, it's changed over the years. Initially, it was uh, an exam that had like, it was an old, there was an older format. Um, and it was, uh, it's like critical reading. So it's like a, a one section is reading comprehension. One section is kind of like um, chemistry and physics. And then one section is like um, biology. So that was the old MCAT. It was scored out of 45 points with a maximum of 15 points for each section. Um, and then they changed the MCAT to include um, a, like a psychology section. So it became like uh, scored differently and like they added kind of like social sciences, um, an element of social sciences to it. Um and then kept the other sections, but like the format changed a little bit. And then they scored it out of like 528 points with like a maximum of 132 points for each section. Okay. And I mean, I'm sure that you could probably talk about it for hours. Uh, but in brief, like what did it take to get a perfect score on the MCAT? Do you, I honestly... I, the the answer that you will like less than like is probably that it, uh, it's a, there's an element of luck in it because I mean you just... I, I, no I'm sure that there's an element of luck in it I know sure. that, I mean because if you get one question that you just don't happen to know yeah you're screwed yeah like when I took the GRE I got a perfect score minus one. <laughs> So I got one question wrong, one math question, because I just saw it and it like stumped me. And then like, as soon as the test finished, I was just like, damn it. I, that's the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, if something like that happens, you lose your perfect score. <clears throat> yeah. And also like, 
You know, I think with the GRE, I mean, it's different because like it's it's a subject test in the sense that like there are some things that you just have to know factually, but there's a lot of stuff that like it's there's a, a huge array of topics that are covered. And so it can be difficult to just like know the fact that you need to know for that particular question, which makes it like come down to test taking strategies. But unlike the GRE, well, I actually don't know how the GRE is scored, but what it, what I'm hearing from you is that like to get a perfect score, you have to get every question right. I don't think that that's true of the MCAT. It's scored as okay. a percentile. So like you're basically scored against the rest of your peers. And so like, you know, say for verbal, the critical reading section, you know, the margin is much slimmer than it is for something like chemistry, which m people on average are probably worse at. So if you get one or two wrong in critical reading, maybe you can still get a perfect score or like close to a perfect score. Um, and then, you know, same in chemistry, like one or two, but like you might, your margin might be wider. Like say you get five, five questions total wrong in like the entire like section, you might still be close to a perfect score. So it's not like a one-to-one -one in point loss. Like you're making it seem like the GRE is. Um, yeah, but so beyond luck, what did you have to do? Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of studying, like finding the right resources, um, like not really second. I mean, I guess like, it, yeah, just a lot of studying. So it, it's like kind of studying in the active sort of way where you're not just like memorizing things, but you're like doing practice tests, a lot of practice tests, a lot of practice problems, and then like going back and like over the practice problems multiple times. So like the first time you go back over it, you don't know the answer specifically. You just know that you got it wrong. This was like my approach. And so I would like reason through the question and be like, okay, so clearly the thing I picked the first time was not the correct answer. Like, what do I think the correct answer is? And like, what went wrong in my like approach to this question? Or like, what didn't I know? Try and solve it a second time, see if I can get the right answer. And then like go back through it a third time to be like, well, this is what things like, you know, this is the way it was actually done or the way I should have approached it initially if I didn't get it through that like second pass or if I did just verifying that and just like just a lot of a ton of practice. I mean, that's really what it is. I was working at the time, like working at UT Southwestern doing research. And so I had actually a really good boss who's really kind to me. And so for like the few months before the MCAT, um, and he's like, he wasn't letting me, letting me off early, but I would show up to work like very early. I would like run at the gym. And then I would like, um, like work from like very early until like early afternoon. So like my work day was compressed towards the earlier half of the day. And then I would just like go to the library and study for like four hours. And then on the weekends, I would put in like eight hours, like on Saturday, eight hours on Sunday. So for months, I was just like, you know, studying four hours every work day and then like 16 to 20 hours over the weekend. Well, I think that the, the process that you describe of going over your answers or your like retaking the test, yeah, I think is a really valuable yeah um, takeaway. But I'll just give while we're on the subject, I'll just talk briefly about the GRE. Yeah, I'd love to and hear the, about it. I think that the three things that I would that I would recommend for somebody who wants to get a strong GRE score, and for some programs, I don't think it matters. Like I think if you're a plant. So I, I very much value sports science, but a friend of mine was applying to like the best sports science program and to get in, all he needed was to like get like the 25th percentile or something like that. This is the bodybuilder. 
Uh, no, this isn't the bodybuilder. Oh, okay. Uh, did you ever work out with me at On It? Yeah, uh, once or twice. There was the dude. Well, I don't with want the beard, use... CJ. Yeah, yeah. There's CJ, uh, and then there's the other guy who is tall. Anyway, so for some programs, getting a good GRE score uh, doesn't matter at all, but for some, it really does. And philosophy, though people don't realize it is the most competitive discipline in academia because... Is that because there are so few spots? Because there are so few spots. So like Yale this year had something like two spots for 500 applicants and people who are applying to philosophy programs are like medical stu school students, like the nerds of the nerds. Yeah. But so I knew that I needed to get close to a perfect score. And... I think one thing you said was choose the right resources. Yeah. So I wasted a lot of time because I practiced. And one, I think I think you could have taken the MCAT a hundred times. And maybe if you took it a hundred times, you would have gotten a perfect score. But you don't have time to do that. Well, so it's, it's, and it's, I know you can't. I'm just saying like in theory. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so I guess it makes more sense with the GRE. You can take the GRE like six times in a year or something. Mm -hmm. But one, that's really expensive. How expensive? And I think it takes like 300 to take the test maybe. Okay. Uh, but, but you could save yourself a ton of time by choosing the right resources and studying properly. Yeah. I mean, so, that's with anything. Yeah. So I, So choosing the right resources, and for me... That meant I, I did a course from Manhattan Prep. Okay. And like you, maybe I could have gotten a perfect score if I took it a bunch of times and like just by the luck of the draw, got the right questions for me. But I didn't remember uh, all of the like little math rules or things like yeah. that. So um, that was one thing. Then two was using all of the study tips that they teach you in a course like that. Because my instinct is to like do all the math in my head not write anything down mm -hmm. uh but in fact when you write down your work and follow these strategies that they've tested it actually ends up helping you a lot and then for me i did something different from you which was i studied for like 20 minutes a day but over a few months rather than four hours or 12 hour days yeah. but anyway uh, unless well, you have just, any final thoughts to add. I, I just, my study strategy was one that was geared towards like the understanding that I didn't have many opportunities to take the test. I, like basically I just had one and I needed to do as well mm -hmm. as possible. So I like didn't want to chance not doing as much as I could. I also think that like the study strategies things can, it depends. They can be really gimmicky. And I think that that's like important to know like that, like these I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't, it may be different with GRE prep, but I, I imagine it's not with MCAT prep. They like try and sell these courses. So it's a business, right? And so they have a vested interest in like attracting you with tips and tricks or insider information that like, you know, is of dubious, I think like value and like, isn't necessarily like, you know, it's not vetted or like research specifically. They just come up with these things. And what they do is they're like, we guarantee you a score increase. What does that mean? That means when you take their like 
um, assessment, initial assessment through their own company that they guarantee that the actual score you get will be higher than that. So what they do is they like artificially like they sandbag your score basically by making these tests like artificially more difficult compared to the real thing. So like, and so it's they like they have a vested interest in making it seem like you've progressed. And I think there are two things that are pro- problematic with that. One is if you study for anything, you're going to do better than like you did when you didn't like you just approached it like, you know, without studying for it. So just the first time you take one of these practice assessments, like obviously you won't do as well as when you've spent three months studying, regardless of what tricks you're employing right you just know more and then the other thing is like they artificially like make the tests harder to make it like seem like you've done better when you know how you may not have done that much better because they have these like money back guarantees but i mean i found honestly like i didn't use a prep course but like you know you look up these tips and tricks and stuff to see what the test taking strategies are and i found like that they were all just kind of bs like especially for critical reading it's like you know, there's stuff that like you just need to practice and like you you can't like shortcut your way through it. And that's just like, I don't know. Some test taking strategies are good and I don't want to deny that, but like some I think are just like gimmicky that they sell at these test prep companies to like make it seem like they know something that like other people don't know. So they have some valuable information to provide you, you know? That's possible. I well, at least for the GRE though, I can one hundred percent stand by there. I think the like, GRE online is online self paced thing. Yeah, I, my understanding is the GRE is probably like a test, like almost like the SAT, which is more like amenable to those kinds of like test taking strategies, and I think probably just more studied. Like you can take the GRE a number of times, like you know, like mm-hmm. you're they like make you sign a waiver when you take the MCAT that you're not taking it for a test prep company. Like they try and safeguard this stuff. I, and it doesn't work obviously because you can just like do it, but it, it, they they like try and be kind of furtive about it. So I don't Got know. It. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, let's prepare our food. Okay. I, or we are back with our food and I am very excited. I'm excited about this mostly because I'm okay. Yeah, me too. All right. So I will do my reveal first. Okay. I have these Trader Joe's pork shoe, my pork dumplings. (laughs) Is that exactly what you have? It was no, it's not. It's close. I'm saying, oh shit, because I, sorry. I, I I poured heavy on the, all right. Ezekiel has disappeared. I poured heavy on the beer and it overflowed. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I almost got those. <laughs> I got the, uh, what I did you get? the, uh, pork and ginger steamed dumplings, soup. dumplings. Oh, I almost got those too. Yeah. All right. Great minds. Think we were alike. shopping I'm in the same you section, obviously <laughs> that you chose those for your appetizer. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take a bite of these puppies. Same one of these. Oh, I'm very hot. Hmm. <laughs> Are you burned? <laughs> mm. Okay. This is really good. Involved. This is really good. I was not expecting that. I almost never eat. I haven't. This is going to sound insane. Mm-hmm. I probably haven't used a microwave more than once in the last five years. Well, you didn't apparently even own one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't own a microwave until I just bought one <laughs> yesterday for this purpose. What kind of apartment um, doesn't come with a microwave is all I want to know. I don't know. There's no dishwasher either. 
but what? So I haven't had frozen food in. Well, I've made frozen pizzas in an oven, but I haven't made micro. The only time I have used a microwave is for frozen White Castles. But so I was not expecting these to be good. I was expecting these to be really bad, but they're they're not like fried on the outside looking or browned as they are in the picture. Mm-hmm. But they're super tasty. There's like a little sweetness to them. Well, you probably uh, I'm prepared very happy them. with these. You probably prepared them in a different way. Like usually these like Trader Joe's frozen things will have like multiple methods of preparation. It'll be like you can steam them, you can pan fry them. Yeah, it says you can microwave them or steam them. Got to microwave them. Yeah. Uh, how are yours? They're good. They're heavy on the ginger flavor. Um, okay. But yeah, really tasty. They remind me. There's like a a, a similar like Costco frozen dumpling. That's uh, uh, BBGo. I think is the brand. Um, and they come in like big packs, but they were like come in almost the same, like identical microwave, like pack format. So I wonder if they're like made in the same factory or something like that. Well, I would, totally buy these again. Mm-hmm. I was frozen not dumpling, expecting to enjoy these, but they're very good. Frozen dumpling type food items are like really great as a like snack or just to have. One of my faves. I love these too. Big fan of this. Yeah. Check out these chopsticks. Oh, nice. They're spiraled at the back. Yeah, they're spiral. Basically, when I first got here, I didn't have any utensils, so I went to Whole Foods and got like a travel set of bamboo utensils. <laughs> and now I, I hadn't used these. I only used the spoon. I still use the spoon because it's very fun to eat ice cream with a wooden spoon. There's a company but, you might like called Early Wood. Not that you need like to buy more stuff or more um, like kitchen utensils necessarily, but um, they make like wooden kitchen utensils like um, spatulas, like stir fry items, stuff like that. And they're like very beautiful. I did, dude. I didn't realize actually until just now that it, your st- hat actually says Stanford Mom. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Is that a reference to you being your own mother? Did you no. raise yourself, Robinson? It's, I just like went to the store to get a hat, and God, that must have felt so good to get that. What was did. going through your head as you were buying a a hat, a Stanford hat, and you're like? This isn't even, I'm not even an imposter. It was very cool. <laughs> I see you but need some work on your I chopstick use. Stanford mom, Stanford dad. You said I need to work on my chopsticks? Yeah. Why? I'm pretty good with them. Are you? I said as I fumble. <laughs> yeah. We'll let the viewers be the judge of that. I just thought the Stanford mom was kind of funny. It is really funny. <laughs> This could be like a cult favorite. I would love a Stanford dad hat if you would would want to send me one. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to do that. Mm. So, you well, went- I am the mother goose. The podcast listeners are my you geeselings. Are the geeselings. Mm-hmm. So it's appropriate. So let's see. 
I'm sad that those are gone and that now that I have to wait like 10 or 15 minutes for the next course that really only What is the next course? To, to wet my I'm not telling you. Hmm. Yet, obviously. It's part of show and tell. <laughs> the true way to use chopsticks, Robinson, is just to stab your food. Is that how you've been doing it? How many no. dumplings are in your thing? Mm. I think there are six total. Okay, there were nine of these, mm. but yours look pretty tiny. Yeah, they're not. They're not anyway terribly large. So I like these chopsticks. The microwave I got online, and it is super small, and I'm very disappointed. It doesn't even fit in like a regular size plate. Are you joking? No. A regular size plate I, doesn't fit in your microwave. No. It's really small. When it you, only fits a small size plate. When you purchased this microwave, did it say mini microwave? No, it didn't. And you there didn't, were two I, sizes, and I just got the small one. I've never heard of a microwave coming in multiple sizes. That's absurd, honestly. Yeah, well, I'm I'm disappointed by it because they <laughs> advertise it as coming with a special pizza setting. Okay. So you can make frozen pizza. <laughs> and I was at Trader Joe's today and I was thinking, I cannot buy a single pizza here because it won't no pizza is gonna fit in my tiny <laughs> in my like tiny microwave unless I get like Dude, a small six what inch is, bagel I, bite pizza. I'm, I guess I would say what is the point of a microwave that can't fit a full size plate, but I mean I guess my most microwave dinners are not like full sized. Right. I, I I contemplated returning it, but then I thought yeah. I really need it. There's there's still this. time. You can probably still return it. <laughs> yeah. I don't like doing that though, if I've used something. I'm too I have too much integrity. Mm. Full of integrity. Yeah. Um So here's a, a question for you. I was listening to a podcast the other day and one of the hosts asked it and I don't think anybody answered, but if you were really tiny mm-hmm. How long do you think it would feel good to sit inside of a microwave <laughs> until it felt really bad? <laughs> Seconds. Really? Because I imagine like being in a microwave would be like kind of nice. No. Like it just gets like s- sort of you get you feel like kind of toasty, like an no. infrared sauna. I mean, or it's that's 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 just not how a microwave works. A microwave, like, All right? Lay it, it down for me. It it basically like excites particles right so it's like why when like things have more water content the like they heat faster like bread or something like that and it seems to heat from the inside it's just like it's exciting water molecules and so like to heat them and you would just boil from the inside like immediately you'd start boiling from the inside all right, so it's not like it's not a gentle it's not a gentle like convection heat. It's like you're being okay. irradiated. You, so so you really don't think it would feel good no, even for not a few a, seconds. Not even not even for a second. <laughs> Your eyeballs okay. would start boiling like no. But that doesn't happen to the dumplings. It took them like 3 minutes before they were starting to get warm. Well, that's cuz they were frozen. <laughs> All right, all right, man. Whatever you say, <laughs> we're not frozen. We start at like okay. ninety-eight degrees. Well, yeah. I will cross my living in a microwave question. Off living of the list. in a microwave, dude. At, at most, <laughs> one to two seconds. I don't think it would feel good. Maybe but you, you would could survive. live in a microwave on five percent power. No, for well, maybe. 
I what mean, if it were really cold outside <laughs> and you were really small and you needed a warm place to sleep and you it's, could just turn the microwave onto a really low setting? I think my difficulty with this concept is that like you're not being heated from the outside. You're being like your water is being like. Have excited. you never had a cup of hot chocolate in the summer? I mean, in the winter. I mean, and I have. It just you're talking about being heated from the inside so by warm liquid, <laughs> different yeah. from all of the I water think... molecules in your cells being like vibrated at high frequency. Well, that just sounds like getting hot chocolate injected to you simultaneously into all your cells simultaneously. You know, I, so it's I, I can't honestly say it would be bad, like and no for sure. Okay, so I'm well, I'm allowing I'm some gonna... some possibility here. My suspicion, okay. though, is high that it would be horrifying, like right. one to two seconds well, we, in. Well, we can... Uh, I'm sure somebody knows the answer to this uh, because they have constructed a large microwave and stuck a person in there. <laughs> uh, but God, I hope not. I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> For now, though, I so I went to Trader Joe's today, and... I am not a Trader Joe's person. We were just talking about it briefly. Mm -hmm. My problem with Trader Joe's generally is that I have the sense that it markets itself as something it is not. Yes, I agree. What I think of it as is a great place to get pretty good junk food. Yes. But I think it... it markets itself or cultivates the brand image of a company that has like really high quality or really high quality products and that they're they're somewhat they're like more whole natural foods adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that they're natural and things but <clears throat> if you look at anything it is not natural i mean they have a very tasteful packaging i guess yeah. but the there's nothing about the ingredients that suggests uh it is like natural health food yeah i mean i agree with you I, you get no pushback from me i think where trader oh, joe's shines i usually is get pushback from you no, so i appreciate that. where trader joe's shines is like it's frozen foods and it's snack foods <clears throat> they have good cheeses actually um but like everything else is just like normal food that's overpriced like as because it's being packaged in this like like you're saying whole foods type image so you're just like paying a little bit more for something that's like non-GMO or you know whatever the heck it is, um, to to feel better about like eating higher quality foods or higher quality ingredients because like that's the kind of like image you're being sold. Mm -hmm. So I I went to a Trader Joe's over the summer in Chicago and didn't get anything, mm -hmm. but I walked down the aisles and was fantasizing about the day. I would go to a Trader Joe's in Palo Alto and load my cart with all of the candy and chocolate that they had. <laughs> they have so much good candy snack. Except food. I went to this Trader Joe's today <clears throat> and was like, what the heck? Where is all of the candy and chocolate and stuff? Because there was like a third as much as I recalled seeing hmm. in Chicago. And then I Googled this and apparently there are smaller Trader Joe's and I got screwed and got with the short small end of Trader, the Trader Joe's stick huh yeah hmm. so they didn't have everything I wanted they had a few things though that I didn't get that I did want that I didn't get like they have a big they have some frozen cheesecakes hmm. and the frozen pumpkin pie cheesecakes looked good what uh, was it that you were after that you that didn't get like that you wanted but they didn't have 
Oh, which candies? Yeah. The, well, I know that they have these like plastic tubs of like toffee and things like yeah, that. Yeah. I did get the toffee, but they didn't have like chocolate covered caramels or hmm. peanut butter, big peanut butter cups or anything like that. Oh, dude, they're dark chocolate uh, peanut butter cups. That was like my initial. Oh, well, they had dark chocolate ones. I yeah, didn't yeah. get them. They have that was my initial foray into like the Trader Joe's like snack food lifestyle. Delicious. Uh, the only time I've ever had them, I matched with somebody on a dating app when I was in Boston, and I was so excited to go on a date with her, and we met in a park, and she brought chocolate covered those things from Trader Joe's, and then ghosted me after that. Oh, this is so. when you're at Tufts. Uh, yeah, it is. So sad story for me, but I did try those peanut butter cups. What a sexy anyway. thing to bring to a date, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, they didn't have the the candy I wanted them to have, but I still, like I told you, managed to spend $140 or so uh, filling my cart with what they did have. Hope you got anyway, a lot of good before... frozen foods. Yeah, so I... I mean, we've been over this. I prefer candy to any real other food, food item. <laughs> so I would, like I say, I would buy that again. I would buy those again if I were binging or something and there were no cal- calorie limit to what I was going to consume. But on an average day where I'm going to eat 4,000 calories, I don't want to put 600 calories to that when I could put that to a pint of ice cream. Oh, that whole thing uh, was 600 calories? It was 580. My app was 270, single serving. For Yeah, but there were probably two servings in the box. No, one serving. Can you check that again? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Servings per container. One. Oh, interesting. How many ounces is the package? 4.5? Six ounces. Six dumplings. Oh, I should have gone with yours then. Mine was nine ounces, but twice the calories for only two thirds the weight. I wonder I mean, why. Like maybe the phyllo the dough. You think the yours had phyllo no, dough? No, yours or you think probably. The pa- like it was more of like a pastry a dump- type. Isn't phyllo dough Greek? I mean, uh, it's like a pastry style dough with like higher butter content, is my guess. These like dumpling dumpling. No, there's oyster flavored sauce in here. Oh, oyster sauce! I love oyster sauce. Dumpling- and there's koji. Which, in parentheses, is aspergillus or is it? Aspergillus. Okay, Dr. Quinterstrom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a fermented soy product. I've used it to, to like brine steaks before. It's delicious. Okay. Speaking of steaks, you were asking me, when I got up to microwave my food, how I feel about fancy office chairs. Fancy office chairs. Yeah. Yeah. How, why does that come to mind? Or do you want me to first answer how I feel about them? I was just looking at what I, what seems to be a, your just mediocre office chair that you're sitting in currently and wondering. Okay. And then you're wondering. For a man who, with, of such, of such uh, refined tastes. Yeah, this is the chair that was in the the apartment when I got it. Yeah. But no, you are quite right. I mean, you and I both have a penchant for spending money on things that 
we shouldn't. Yeah. And you are quite right to think that I considered like wasting $2,000 of Stanford's precious endowment on a nice office chair. <laughs> but I decided not to. I've never sat in a nice office chair before, so I don't know what they are like. And I'm actually pretty happy with this chair. Yeah, that honestly looks pretty nice. I yeah. I was criticizing it's all it. Plastic. But... There's nothing nice about it, but <clears throat> it leans, and that's that's a really nice feature. Yeah, it leans without breaking because usually things break under my massive weight. <laughs> yeah, you're just so dense. Um, yeah, there's Ye- a- yesterday I was I met a guy for a while. I met a guy. Hello, Armando. In case you're uh, listening to this at some point in the future, Armando, but. Armando, every time I see Armando, he's telling me about how jacked I am and how swole I am. And I really don't feel that way. So I feel uh, embarrassed when he says that. <laughs> uh, but then yesterday I was like walking. I like ran into him he, and he was like, I saw you from a block away. You're the only person who's as wide as he is tall. <laughs> and he, he meant this as a compliment. And I was just like, oh, Armando, that, <laughs> that really hurts. I'm a square. I'm a square, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, office chairs, though. So, yeah, that's how I feel about office chairs. I would love to have a nice office chair, mm-hmm. basically because I just want to have really nice everything mm-hmm. for no uh, simple reason. How do you feel about expensive office chairs? I want one. Yeah, yeah. I I knew you would. Yeah. There's a the specific chair I want is called Herman Miller. They're, the brand is Herman Miller. I'm gonna look it up. And the the chair is called Aeron. It's A E R O N. Wait, Herman Miller. Aeron. A E R O N. Yeah. Aeron office chair. Yeah. That's only five hundred fifty dollars. Oh no, no never dude. mind. There's a there's a eighteen hundred bucks. Eighteen hundred dollars. All right, I can get behind that. I fully endorse <laughs> you buying this chair. That looks intense. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be I'm like super into it. The 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 most exquisite chairs to sit in. Do you think? Have you sat in one yet? I haven't, but I'm ready to just buy it because it's so expensive and well renowned. I really hope that you do. Yeah. And let me know. All right, let's uh, do course number two. Okie dokie. Back for round three. Wow, this looks like in the lighting, it looks very abnormal. Now maybe you can see better. Sorry. It's macaroni. Oh, excellent. So I have hatch green chili macaroni and cheese. And I have busted out my... I put this creatine container here (laughs) because that's what I use to display my ice cream when I do Robinson Eats every morning. Which you wouldn't know what that is, would you? I because wouldn't. you don't have Instagram. I don't. I live stream eating a pint of ice cream every morning on Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram. You're starting your mukbang career? Yes, I am. No, that is literally exactly what I'm doing. All right. And then I chose this because... Oh, my. I'm salivating. I chose this because as a kid, my dad would occasionally bring Trader Joe's mac and cheese home for me hmm. from Trader Joe's. But... I haven't ever had the hatch green chili one, but it reminds me of Austin. So what is your entree? I have Trader, the not racist Trader Ming's shiitake mushroom (laughs) chicken. (laughs) 
You can see this lovely picture. Wait, so how do you prepare that? Did it come in like a tray in a tray like this? No. I put it in a bowl. So it's it was a defrost in the microwave for a few minutes and then like cook on the stove top. I see. Alright, I'm gonna take a bite of this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy with this. What's not to like about chicken? This isn't chicken. No, this is chicken. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm so happy with Trader Joe's frozen food. Mm-hmm. Like I said, man, they do the frozen food well. Yeah, I can understand why people eat it so much. Mm-hmm. Almost got the... this uh... is... Go on. This is um probably better than... Like, this is better than Taco Bell. <laughs> I'd rather have this than Taco Bell, so... Oh, you, you recently had your first getting... experience at Taco Bell, right? Yeah, I'm going to post that episode soon. But... I mean, I could see preferring to heat this up over getting Taco Bell mm -hmm. or ordering, like, delivery somewhere. Well... What would you say, like, if you had to just summarize it as a thumbs up or thumbs down experience at Taco Bell, like, would get again? What would you say? I would say that it was good. I enjoyed it. But it was the worst of any fast food place I've ever had, for sure. Really? I mean, fast food is, like, Chick-fil-A is really tasty. Uh, a lot of fast food places are really tasty, but... Taco Bell was bad. It was, it was somewhat interesting though, uh, uh, like having the Doritos shell, that mm. sort of thing. I love the Doritos Locos shell. Spoken like a true Texan. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Taco Bell fan. I have to say, really? Ali really loves Taco that. Bell. You kind of have gross tastes across <laughs> the board. Fair enough. Yeah, Ali is a big Taco Bell fan, so it was something that we had as our like guilty fast food pleasure. Tell me about your chicken. Mm. It's good. Um, so is it is it chicken thighs? Chicken I assume um, with green beans and edamame, and then like a kung pao sauce, whatever that means. Um, oh. I mean, it's like savory. The sauce is What's good. What's a Kung Pao sauce? Let's see. Mm. Stir fry sauce. Butter, sugar, cornstarch. Caramel. Mushroom flavor. No, it's just like a... Soy sauce slash umami, like with some thickening agent, is what it seems like. Mm. And sugar. I will say though that this looks nothing like the image. <laughs> like there is no discernible green hatch chili in here at all. If this hadn't been labeled green hatch chili. I would have assumed they like dressed it with a few 
like pieces of greenery or something. So it has no spice or anything like to just make it distinguishable from. Nothing that I can tell. Mm-hmm. I think but, I went with like a family portion, to be honest. You went with a family portion? Mm-hmm. What feel, do you mean? This wasn't a single serving. Oh, how many calories was your thing? Mine was 520. So this is, let's see, 180 calories for a serving. So. Was that seven hundred and seven twenty? So, yeah. What I liked about that was, I think there, there's like gourmet macaroni and cheese. There is craft style instant macaroni and cheese, and then there's cafeteria macaroni and cheese. I think those are those are the three uh, genuses of macaroni and cheese, and my preference is for the cafeteria style, where even though I know it's gross, it's usually like made with Velveeta and like noodles that have been sitting in the water or whatever way too long. It still has a very homey feel to me, and this was that, but slightly elevated only because there was some semblance of real cheese being involved as opposed to Velveeta. So you say it's like cafeteria plus? Yeah, yeah. So it's like really crappy noodles but with enough cheese that it wasn't with a cheesy with something sufficiently cheese-like that it wasn't a sauce. But you want a sauce. it like wasn't nacho cheese. It was it was there was some viscosity and pull to it, elasticity that made it seem more cheese like. So would buy again. <clears throat> yeah, would would buy well would never buy again. Well, I will never say never, <laughs> but I would rather put those five hundred twenty calories toward. Yeah. Generally speaking. <laughs> I'm very looking, very much looking forward to my dessert item. <laughs> Me too, honestly. To mine or to yours? Well, to both. But to I wonder if we got the same thing. No, there's no way. I got like six pints of ice cream or so while I was there. I accidentally got a vegan pint of ice cream, but I'm going <laughs> to donate that to someone because that just ain't me. You should try it. Never but say they, never. They had. They had well. I have tried a vegan ice cream once. Well, actually, I will. I'm going to qualify that because my sister called me out on it recently. Okay. I was I was bashing like coconut based ice cream. Yet on the other hand, I love sorbet, which is also vegan, and that's what she called me out on. And I think the the issue is that it just goes back to integrity. Coconut ice sorbet cream has integrity. Milk based. <laughs> Yeah, it's not pretending the way that the coconut, the coconut or cashew or oat base does. Oh, but I did accident. I did once have uh, my mom left like half a pint of vegan Van Leeuwen ice cream in a freezer of mine once, and I just couldn't let it go to waste, so I ate it. But is I your mom a vegan? Got, 
<clears throat> no, she's vegetarian, hmm. but she she an aspiring vegan. To her. No, she's not. <laughs> not at all. Oh, I, I meant I to ask. Got an oat-based strawberry vegan ice cream. What did you mean to ask? Uh, well, uh, overall, how was your sister's wedding? But more specifically, how are the dessert items at your sister's wedding? Thanks for thanks for giving me a platform on which to answer <laughs> that question. Um, my sister's wedding was good because it was all about me, as I informed them. I informed them that, that it would be the case because I was going to be presiding over the ceremony. Everybody was very excited about that, and nobody really cared that much that they were getting married. <laughs> I'm actually interviewing my sister's wife tomorrow for the podcast. What uh, about? She researches prisons and public health at Berkeley. The carceral system? The carceral system, as the... As as you doctors might call it. Anyway, so the wedding was great. Everybody loved me and my performance and told me how proud they were of me. Did you weep? I did not weep, though many people did weep at my performance. <laughs> and it had nothing nothing to do with the wedding itself. Good. But me. And how are the desserts? And that's the real the question. The desserts, yes. That's the real question. So let me lay out to you what the dessert spread was like, because I still have that, as you can imagine, framed perfectly in my mind's eye. There was, on the left, this towering, uh, massive edifice that was a red velvet cake. And then there were three pies. There was a cherry pie. There was a marionberry peach pie and then there was i think i think it was raspberry blackberry and then there were also two types of ice cream from salt and straw have you had salt and straw ice cream have you heard of it i have not it is i'm at this point i feel safe saying it is bar none the best ice cream there are flavors from other places that i prefer but texturally uh consistency across pints it's the best and where does it and come from i'm not sure i'm not sure if it comes from la or portland i think it is portland but they have it here too anyway so there, there was a strawberry balsamic pint and there was a vanilla pint and the cake left something to be desired because it was quite dry but taken in conjunction with the vanilla ice cream it was quite good then the three pies were and I'm not going to count pumpkin pie because these, this is a very different sort of pie because it's got the fruit in it. They were the three best pies I've ever had, but the Marionberry peach stood heads and shoulders above the rest. And the, the cherry pie had this really elegant lattice that was nice to look at, but the other two had a crumble, like a granola-y sort of crumble on top that was or I guess it's a cobbler topping that was just to die for. So, so the dessert overall, spread was a amazing major dessert. <laughs> yeah, overall it was an amazing dessert spread. I was I left very happy. Excellent. You deserved it for all the hard work you did marrying them. I know. I did. I was very <laughs> upset when other people wanted to give speeches and things <laughs> afterward because I just wanted to get to the dessert table. Oh, okay. Not because but, they were worried they were overshadow your performance. 
No, I didn't. I had nothing to worry about. My <laughs> performance was was safe. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Thanks for letting me. Yeah. Debrief the geeselings on I, my performance. I was curious about because I I saw pictures of those pies and felt envy. Yeah, I sent them. They were oh my god, they were so good. <laughs> but I think that my sister and her wife, who I once referred to as her betrothed. Uh-huh. Well, actually, I refer. I initially referred to her as my sister's strumpet, but that was inappropriate. So I totally regret, obviously, doing that. I need to Google what a strumpet is to make sure. A woman who has many casual sexual encounters <laughs> or relationships. So um, I take that back. I never referred to her as a strumpet. But then she became my sister's betrothed, and now she is her lawfully wedded wife because i uh wedded them by the power invested in me where did they meet by the universal life church i don't know where where that was headed uh, oh i was thanking you for giving me mm-hmm. the opportunity to sh- to share this with my, my listeners how uh, much chicken have you got left there i'm done i'm just on veggies right now Oh, well, go ahead. Eat those veggies. I just That's don't fine. want them to get away. I might need a spoon. I'm having a little bit of trouble with the chopsticks, to be honest. Okay, yeah, well, of course it was you who was teasing me for my Like, you don't eat individual ability. edamame beans with chopsticks. Uh, you don't. I, I only need one chopstick. That's how good with chopsticks I am. I One thing that amazes me when you watch, I mean, I don't watch anime the way you do. But people in anime eat rice with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. And eating ri- chopsticks are like, while I, I liked them for the bao, they can be nice for soup. To me, they are the least equipped utensil, utensil to be eating rice with. I would much rather have a spoon or a fork or a mere, mere girthy stick than two chopsticks. I think the thing is like about what kind of rice it is. So it's like sticky rice that clumps together. It's easy to pick up with chopsticks. Um, So like, you know, most people are eating probably sticky rice. I need you closer to the mic. Mm. Most people are eating sticky rice day to day. So chopsticks are still an appropriate tool because they clump together as if they were like any other larger food item. Do you eat rice on a daily basis? No. Weekly or monthly? Monthly, probably. Have you still been going to this Pullman's place for sandwiches? Mm. I haven't gone since we last spoke, I don't think. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Because I know you were going like multiple days in a row at Mm -hmm. that point. I've been seven or eight times total. Um, I don't know. It was, I mean, it's just expensive. And like, I have a limited, limited income. And, uh, I've been sleeping during the day mostly because I've been working nights, so. Got it. All right. Shall we bust out the dessert? I think we shall. All right. He's back. I shall be the first to reveal. Reveal. I got Trader Joe's. You can't see what this is, can you? No, maybe. 12 classic lemon bars. Yes. Damn. And I was... so this is, I think, funny psychologically. Maybe I don't know if it's a, if it says anything about human psychology or just my psychology, but 
I got this box, and obviously I picked up the box and knew exactly how heavy it was because I can weigh it in my hand. But then I saw, I also saw that it's twelve classic lemon bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I knew exactly how much it weighed. But then when I opened the box and saw that they were these like teeny little lemon bars, I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> they promised me twelve lemon bars, and they're like <laughs> each the size of my thumb. And yet I knew exactly how big the package was. Yeah, right. You should have anticipated this, but didn't somehow. Yeah, I like want. Yeah, I wanted each lemon bar to be like as big as the box, basically. All right, what have you got? Okay, so I have two things actually. One is just a small strawberry mochi. You got that from? It's not Did a you single. Open a box. It's a box. Okay. Yeah, I can get the box. Do you have? Want. Yeah, yeah. I'll get yes, it. I would I'll love that. Uh, wow, I struggle to open this. Mm. Here we go. Uh. Cool. I've never had a mochi before. Yeah, they're good. Um, and then the other, which I may be more excited for, is... Oh, I got that too. I'm sure you did. I, I had no I'm doubt. not going to eat it. That's why I figured... I, I was worried we would both have gotten the same thing because <laughs> I thought this would have just been high on your list. I'm actually going to eat these with a fork. How is it? How is it? Mm-hmm. It's good. Good strawberry flavor. Nice chewy exterior. Mm. Happy with these too. Very happy. <laughs> they were supposed to be thawed, but I thawed. That <laughs> that I would just eat them frozen. And how are they frozen? Very good. I think things are often better frozen because oh, so they soft. have a more substantial texture. This is so soft. The ice cream? Mm-hmm. Damn. They have a really good cookie butter ice cream. Mm-hmm. This tastes like fall. I'm looking forward to that. Hmm? It tastes like fall. Is it good? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to eat that whole quart in one sitting. That would be nuts. It wouldn't. I'm... My stomach knows no bounds when it comes to ice cream. This is 1,800 calories. That's fine. Damn. This is like 1,200 calories for the box. I mean, I wasn't planning on eating this whole thing. It's okay. (laughs) I would prefer it if you did, but not everybody... Is as powerful as I am. Yeah, it's just something you'll have to get used to as you go through life, Robinson. It's taken many years. (laughs) I'm starting to accept that. 
Yeah. I want to hear what you've been cooking lately. Mm. Or nothing. Like, what have you been eating if you're not getting me sandwiches? Um, so, I made some <clears throat> homemade chili oil recently. Uh, Ooh, how did you do that? So, it's... You get some Chinese chilies. They're called... Um, like, there are two type, two varieties of chilies. One of them is called Heaven Facing Chilies, Erjing Tao. Oh shit, my computer's. Hold on one sec. Uh, basically, you We've get two him. like you get two whole varieties of Chinese chili, and um, grind them up, <clears throat> and then you fry them in oil. Um. With like a number of other ingredients like ginger, star anise, cloves, um, paprika, bay leaves, cinnamon. Let it steep overnight and then kind of drain it off. And then you get your chili oil. Um, and I've been using that to make Dan Dan noodles. So I guess I could just, if I had described my cooking recently, it's been like, so, uh, Szechuan style, like so, I think that's Southern Chinese, like Mapo tofu, dandan noodles, stuff like that. What is Mapo tofu? Um, it's a, a kind of tofu with um, beef topping and um, like Szechuan peppercorns. Tofu that... with beef? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, made. Um, with just a variety of aromatics and this kind of like fermented, um, like chili based. And what are Dan Dan noodles? They're, um, it's just like noodles and, uh, it's like a sesame based, um, noodle sauce that's made with like, um, a sesame paste, chili oil, and, um, like Szechuan chili pepper. Um, or Szechuan, sorry, Szechuan peppercorns um, that's just been like tossed with uh, cold noodles. Hmm. Really delicious. Okay. So, my thoughts on these lemon bars is that, are that the crust does nothing for me. I think that's the biggest weak point. The the crust is just pretty bland. Mm. Is it supposed to be but, like a graham cracker crust or something? <clears throat> no. It is supposed to be a thin, buttery crust. crust. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't really do anything for me. And then... The lemon portion, though, is quite good. It might be a little sweeter than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I would prefer a bit more lemoniness and a bit less sweet. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, these are very good lemon bars. I'm crushing this ice cream. Huh? I said I'm crushing this ice cream. That's good. How's the mouth feel? Mm. 
really creamy. Um, it doesn't. This is the kind of ice cream that, like, you know, when you put it in the freezer. So you get closer to the mic. Sorry. You know, when you put this, this is the kind of ice cream that when you put it in the freezer, like, if you know this, I'm sure everyone's had this experience where it, like, never gets like really solid. It just like oh, stays see. soft and like scoopable. Yeah. That's this. Now, I'm can you tell me what the last few ingredients are? The last few. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cane sugar, egg yolks, carob bean gum, guar gum, and annatto extract for color in parentheses. Okay. That's exactly what I was waiting for. The gums. Because a lot of ice creams. So what should make ice cream creamy is the cream and butterfat content. Mm-hmm. But what makes a lot of lower calorie ice creams like that one taste creamy is the guar gum, the gums that they put in there or the other preservatives. And I've noticed as I've, I've probably had like 500 pints of ice cream in the past couple of years is that it is often the cheapest ice creams that t- have the creamiest texture <clears throat> because they have the most of those ingredients. Food science, baby. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of Humphrey Slocomb? I haven't. It's another Bay Area ice cream that's quite good. Earlier this week, I had a pint of theirs. It was honey graham. And it was very honey flavored. It was really nice. But there was there were none of those preservatives or anything in it mm-hmm. and yet it had that really great creamy texture and when you can find an ice cream that achieves it naturally it is such a blessing <laughs> do you really think that's better for some reason like better than food science you mean like intrinsically like morally or something yeah i don't know like does it taste better oh uh, is it better texture? It does taste better. It does? Okay. You can discern. So it makes a difference. That one is more natural. But I'm not judging it like on a moral level. My dogs are freaking out. Why? The dogs are freaking out. I said why. Oh, I don't know. There's something outside they're barking at. It's dark. I don't know. <clears throat> Got it. I couldn't I couldn't eat anymore. I didn't get through much. Yeah, well I'm I've hit the point where Diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> this is the last bite I think I would have enjoyed. How much more do you have? Oh, it's the last bite. Oh. <laughs> no. It was perfect. <laughs> Perfect single-serving box of 12 lemon <laughs> bars. It could have been one giant bar for you. Maybe that would have you would have liked that more. No, it was nice, actually, to have it pre-portioned Pre-cut. out like that. All right. You know, most of these food-based episodes I've had have ended up with me being very disappointed. Mm-hmm. 
Right now, I'm actually just transfixed by how beautiful my eyes are in, this, <laughs> in the in the screen. But anyway, when I was uh, in middle school, one of my screen names was Too Hot Blue Eyes 22. <laughs> I'm amazed you remember your middle school screen names. You must have been very active. You don't remember yours? I remember plenty of mine. Anyway. What I was going at those, so I've done like baked goods a couple of times. There's the Taco Bell, there's snack cakes, uh, ice but cream anyway, novelties. There are ice cream novelties and ice cream. The ice cream ones are the only ones where I've really been like, "Wow, ice cream is great." All the other <laughs> ones have ended up pretty disappointed. Like like when we did ours on the fro on the Ramen. instant noodles, yeah. I. My pronouncement at the end was I would be happy to never eat instant noodles again. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. you weren't preparing any of those instant noodles according to the package <laughs> instructions. So right, right. We don't have the, a the funniest one of those was I, I made the one into a soup, and then after I was eating it, we discovered that they were fried noodles, and there wasn't supposed to be any water <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I was just eating them as a soup. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but that is not the story with these. Trader Joe's items. Uh, I am very happy with these Trader Joe's frozen items and would be very happy to do another Trader Joe's <laughs> dinner with you. Are you uh, saying you've become a fun. Joey? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm still disappointed with how they carry themselves about in public. So, <laughs> you don't like their, uh, behind, their brand behind presentation? Behind closed doors. Yeah, behind closed doors, I am uh, pleased with what I've consumed. <laughs> I'm pretty full, I have to be honest. Uh, are you happy with your meal? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All right, good. Okay, I will um, end this recording. So thanks for joining me. Pleasure as always. recorded this about 10 times because i'm just so bad at asking for help but if you could like subscribe comment on whatever medium you're consuming this nascent fledgling podcast on that would be so helpful because the best thing for helping me grow this podcast at this point is making it at least appear that i have an audience so thank you for listening and thank you for supporting me